Praise the Lord. This is another wonderful time and another wonderful day that the Lord has given to us. And I am so glad to be bringing the word of God today from Victory Faith International Ministries. Amen. Amen. I hope that you're doing great. This is the weekend that we all remember as Christians and as believers of the death and the resurrection of our, Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, even as I come to you, we all know that the world of today is in crisis. And I know that everyone in the world, including you members, have been affected by uh, what has become known as the coronavirus. Everyone, majority of us are in, indoors, that's why we are doing this from this place. And I look forward to having a wonderful time with you. Now, I want to talk very briefly to you about a very, very interesting topic that has come to me in the process of this crisis that we are facing that is based uh, on the book, in the book of Luke chapter 22. I'm not going to read the whole scripture. If you have uh, the scripture in your house or in your, in your Bibles, you can just read the entire chapter of Luke chapter 22 and also the whole uh, Easter story, Good Friday story, because that's where I want to draw my lesson from. So I want to talk about something on the message titled Faith in Turbulent Times. Faith in Turbulent Times. Now, the world we are in today is very different from what we had last year, December, November, September. Everything in the world began changing in the month of January. And people began, you know, we had the issues of Iran and America, and then we had the issues back home in Kenya, the issues of the Al-Shabaab attack, and everyone was being mobilized. Every believer was being mobilized to prayer and to pray for the nation, to pray for our borders, to pray for the safety of our nation. And then uh, we had all this political stuff that was going on, and you know, as Kenyans, we all know the issue of the BBI, and everyone was saying what side they are on, uh, you know, either I am pro-BBI, I am against BBI, and people had all these names, Kieleweke and Tanga Tanga, and we all know what was happening across the world. The funny thing is that as all that was going on, the crisis comes. What we have now we are calling coronavirus comes and sweeps across the nations of the world, sweeps across Kenya, sweeps across Africa, Asia, Europe, such that now most of the world is on lockdown. You look at photos from different European countries and people are not moving out because we have the stay-at-home stay order. It is not different in Kenya, only that in Kenya we can move around here, here and there. Now we have leaders, political leaders, both in our nation and other nations, that are sick, you know, illnesses and sicknesses, and they have viruses. And so some of them are bedridden right now, even as I'm talking, and we are praying for them that the Lord will have mercy on them and that he will bring them back to health. My prayer is that wherever you are as a believer, you are safe and that you're doing your best to stay safe. That is my prayer. I am doing my part. But one of the things that I noticed during the whole crisis 
that we were going through is how the believers in Christ responded to the entire crisis. Now, we have two factions that are now like contesting on, you know, debating in regards to the crisis that we are in right now. There are those who believe that God should heal the people who are already infected or indeed God should take away this whole virus. And there are those who believe that we have to follow the government's direct directives, wash our hands, keep social distances, and you know, sanitize our hands and just put on masks and all that. And these two groups of people are believers because I want to talk to you as a believer. We are in turbulence. And one of the other things that I noticed about this whole process, especially when I went to social media, was how uh, the people began to respond, especially in Kenya. I don't know about the nations of the world, but in Kenya we have this, uh, we had this debate, you know, going back and forth on whether churches should be closed or churches should remain open, because the government gave a direct di directive and said that they have banned all church services, they have banned all mosque services, they have banned all public gatherings. They have banned everything, including pubs, you know. And so we have these people who are in a faith, what I would call a faith crisis, okay. We do not know how to respond to this. You have been uh, advocating for healing, for example. You are a healing evangelist or a healing pastor. And now the pressure is on you to heal uh, the coronavirus. Maybe you are there, you've been teaching faith and telling people to walk by faith. And you as a believer, you have received this word and I've heard it from pastors that we are supposed to walk by faith. And now suddenly, the same pastor is telling you, no, 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 wash your hands, keep social distance and pray, you know? So there's all this confusion that's going on. And that's what I'm trying to, to bring to you to tell you about faith in turbulent times. So the question I ask is this, what happens to your faith when you hit turbulent times, when you face challenges, when you face questions that you have no answers for, when something you loved is taken away from you, or someone you love dies, what happens then to your faith? The truth of the matter is that right now there are so many people who are losing their faith because they are not able to go to church on a Sunday service. They're not able to wake up in the morning on a Sunday and go and worship with people. But this is the other paradox of this whole thing. Most of the people who are advocating that churches should be opened never come to church. They rarely show up in church. When they have a chance to come to church, they spent it in their beds. Now the churches are closed, they are shouting from the rooftops that churches should be opened. You see, what we're experiencing as believers right now it is as if the Holy Spirit is telling us, I am everywhere. I am not just confined in the four walls of the church. The Lord is saying, I am everywhere. And there has been some advantages to this whole thing, but there have also been some disadvantages. Some of the advantages that I can think of is that now every believer must believe for themselves. They must pray for themselves. They must read their Bible for themselves. You must do that for yourselves. You must uh, do that with your family. Now parents must take care of their children and teach their children the ways of God. 
you must begin house fellowships with your family. All right? And so it is as if this thing has come to move us from our comfort zones, such that now we are able to do things that we never thought we could do before. For example, I am standing here and I'm talking to you through this camera, something that I've never done before and I never thought I would do before. But now it is being done. You go to social media, Facebook Live, YouTube, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached all over the world by people that we've never heard because they never had a chance to come out and teach and preach. They never had a chance to come out and exercise their gifts. Now, the whole world, all believers, have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Therefore, as much as coronavirus is affecting us negatively and economically, if you look at the other side spiritually, we are growing because of these challenges. Faith in turbulent times. You know, I, being an Easter Sunday, I was thinking about the apostles of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus comes, comes to the world and, you know, he's, he grows, becomes an older man and gets to 30 years of age. And then he begins his ministry. And his ministry was powerful. And it begins with power. Begins with, you know, performing miracles and doing a lot of things. And suddenly, people believe him because of what they are seeing, right? It is, it is normal. If I come to you today and I begin to perform miracles and I begin to walk on water and I do stuff, you know, that no one else has done, the truth is people will come after me, people will follow me, right? And people will respect me and people will have their faith and hope in me. If I go to a place and I perform a miracle whereby I give 5,000 people food, my friend, everyone will be like, hey, this is the guy. And that is why we see these people saying, oh Lord, why don't you become our king? All right? Because they ate. And no one, you know, no one would mind having a king who can perform miracles. For example, right now, we have a scarcity of food even in our nation. We wouldn't mind if our president is a miracle-working president and he just performs a miracle and there's enough bread for everyone, there's enough chapatis for everyone, you know? And so Jesus performs all these miracles and everyone believes in him and everyone follows him, except the Pharisees, of course. But most people followed him. The disciples were particularly close to Jesus and so they saw him in a different way than what the multitude saw him. The disciples saw Jesus while he was sleeping. They saw Jesus while they were eating. They were with him at all times. They slept where he slept. They walked where he walked. They were with him in every step of his life, of his ministry. And therefore, they had more reason to believe in Christ. And yes, they did. They forsook their families. They forsook their careers. They forsook their businesses to follow Christ. So you forsake everything to follow this guy and then you follow him for several years only for him to be crucified on a cross. Now this is the whole thing before I get ahead of myself. If you have seen Jesus perform miracles in your life and you have seen Jesus do things that you never thought he would do, suddenly he gets arrested. Definitely the disciples, if I was one of them, I would have believed that Jesus would perform a miracle, either come out of the cross or just call for an army of angels to come and destroy 
all these guys who were trying to arrest him, you know, I would, I would still have believed in him. But then he goes to the cross and instead of performing the grandest, the greatest, and the mightiest uh, uh, miracle, what do you do when your prayers are not getting answered? What do you do when heaven is silent? What do you do when the God you have called all your life seems not to answer or not to care? What do you do when you find yourself in a fix and for some reason it is as if God is silent? These are the questions that we ask ourselves when we get into turbulence. What I call the turbulence of life. What happens to your faith? What happened to the disciples when Jesus was crucified? And he died. Is it any wonder that they could not believe it when he resurrected on the third day, though he had told them that he will resurrect? Is it any wonder that Thomas had to tell him, I cannot believe until I touch and see for myself? Faith in turbulent times. What do you do now, my brothers and sisters? when there is no food in your house? What do you do when you cannot afford to pay that mortgage or to pay that rent? And you're crying to God and asking him, where are you, O Lord, my God? Faith in turbulent times. What do you do then when it seems as if the devil has been unleashed against you, to destroy you, to taint you, to taint your character, to taint your reputation. Friends, what do you do when no one wants to hear you out? What do you do when your reputation is tainted, when your character is questioned, when your integrity is no longer taken seriously? So I want to encourage you today, there was a man whose name was Job, and we have all read the story of Job, and we know the challenges that he went through, the struggles, he lost everything, including his family. And actually the Bible says that when everything was hard, the wife came and said, cast God and die. Now let me say this. It is one thing to be challenged. It is one thing to go through turbulence in life. At that moment, you can still hold on. But it is a whole different case when the people you love and the people you care about begin to doubt your faith. They even tell you, cast God and die. Of course, they don't use those words, but they ask, where is your God now? Where are, why are your prayers not getting answered? Faith in turbulent times. Let me say to you, no matter the challenge, no matter the situation that you're going through, Jesus will always be there with you. He will take every step 
that you take. He feels your pain. He feels your discouragement. He is there with you to comfort you. Let not your faith be shaken by turbulence, but instead let your faith be strengthened. Let these challenges make you the greatest man and the greatest woman that heaven has ever known. May heaven give a testimony about you just like God gave a testimony in regards to Job. And when the enemies, the enemy of God, and when the sons of God met and the enemy was God was among the sons, the Lord said to him, where have you been? And the enemy of God said, I have been to and fro, moving up and down on the earth. And the Lord said, have you seen my servant Job? In other words, God was proud of Job. God was so proud of him that he could talk about him even in the face of the devil. And then the devil says, oh, no, 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 you have surrounded him, so destroy him, and one, two, three, and I'll curse you. And you all know the story. And so the Lord says, I have given you over. I have given Job over to you. Go. Do to his properties or anything else as you wish. Only do not touch his soul. So the enemy came and destroyed Job. But the Bible says, yet in all this, Job did not sin against the Lord. In fact, the first thing that Job did when all these challenges came his way, the Bible says that he bowed and worshipped and called on the name of God. I remember a time in my life that I was going through a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges. And I remember people talked. My reputation was hurt. My character was nowhere. My integrity was questioned. And I remember that was the time of my turbulence. And I sat down one day, and instead of complaining and talking and crying, I went on my knees and I said, even in this, my God, I worship you. Even in this, you are still God. You are still to be glorified. And I worship the King of Heaven. And I say to my God, my God, my God, I know you have not forsaken me. And today, I am so grateful that I never denied the faith. No matter what you go to, through today, do not deny the faith. Do not deny the faith. Do not deny the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, my friends. Keep the faith. And whatever challenges come your way, even as I conclude, always begin to say, I know that God, you are with me. I know that God, you are with me. You keep saying those words to yourself and keep saying those words. I know that Lord, you are with me. Or I know that God is with me. And you keep repeating those words to yourself, to your spirit. And with time, indeed, your spirit will be strengthened and will be assured that God is with you through it all. So even at this time, as we go through the processes of celebrating the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and as we go through the processes of fighting the crisis that we are seeing 
I pray that the Almighty God will keep you safe, that the Lord himself will be with you, that the King of glory will walk with you in everything that you do. Let me pray for you. Lord, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, I bring your children before you today, and I ask that your power and your presence may be upon them. Even in this hour, almighty God of crisis, I pray that your name will be exalted and glorified. I pray that they will still love you, that we will all have hope and faith at all times. I pray, Father, for the whole world, that, Lord, you will deliver us from the spirit of crisis and disaster. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen. I'd like to share our MPESA teal numbers where you can send your offering. So for the offering, kindly give to 216376. For the offering, 216376. And for the development account, it is 321354. Again, 321354. Thank you very much for listening in. We believe that you will have a blessed week and you are highly favored. Remember to keep safe, share with your friends, and feel free to leave any comments and the Lord will bless you. Amen and amen. Barak.